Hey, this is Pastor Chris Jane, and I want to thank you for listening to the Hope Church Sermon of the Week. For more information, check out our website, brhope.church. I hope this message is a blessing to you. Enjoy. Today I wanted to um, recap what these, these last um, um, couple months as we've looked through the book of Mark. And so if you want to open your Bibles, you can open them right up to Mark chapter 1. Um, I love that we are, I love that we're going verse by verse because I, I think it's good that you get the whole counsel of God's Word, right? Um, but with any book that you read, it's good to, to stop maybe after a chapter and, and look back and say, you know, what, what are the themes, you know, what can I apply to my life? And I don't want us to just go so fast through this that we forget to look back and, and, um, and see what we've learned and what we've covered. So, um, and, and what I find is, so I went back and I read back through these first three chapters, and what I find as a theme is, is God stirring the hearts of people. And, I mean, the Lord's always stirring the hearts of people. We see this, you know, as far back as we can read. Um, in the book of Ezra, when uh, um, God stirred the heart of King Cyrus to rebuild the temple. And a few verses later, we see that he stirred the hearts of the people to help him. In, in the first few chapters, I, I see God stirring people's hearts to action. Of, of some sort or another. So let's, let's pray. Father, I pray you would start with me, Father. Continue to stir my heart up to act. I want to be a blessing to you, Father. I, I pray you would stir the hearts of the, of, of the people um, to turn towards you. We don't have a lot of time and there's a lot of work to be done. So Father, I pray you would stir up the hearts of people. In Jesus' name. Oh, I mean, right off the bat, we saw, um, you know, that the Lord stirred Mark's heart to help, right? He was a helper. He wasn't a preacher. He wasn't a, a, a famous guy or worship leader or anything like that. He wasn't even a, an apostle. He wasn't one of, the, one of the disciples or anything like that. He was just an ordinary guy who liked to help. Um, he... He was probably 12 years old when Jesus was crucified, but he hung around with these guys. He was a help to Peter. He was a help to, to Paul and Barnabas on, on their first missionary journey. He was one of the guys who, when they collected this, uh, this big offering for the poor in Jerusalem, he was one of the guys who helped to do that and helped to bring it back. Um, but he wasn't, he wasn't perfect. We, uh, if you remember, he quit on them and... Uh, um, caused a bit of a rift between Paul and Barnabas. But in the end, uh, I think his destiny outweighed any mistakes that he had made. And by the end uh, of Paul's life, we see him asking for Mark because he says, he's a help to me, right? I mean, that's Mark's story. And I, I think it's the story of this church too, um, helping, you know, being generous. I remember when I first came here, we... Every year, like every other church in town at the time, had a very successful yard sale. Do you remember that? Huge yard sale every year. It paid for a lot of the cool kitchen stuff, I remember, and um, whatnot. But then God stirred Pastor Chris's heart to just give, give ourselves away, right? Just give, 
give the stuff away. And so we were the first to, instead of having a yard sale where we asked the city to come and buy our old stuff, we asked them to come and we gave it all away and we gave away food. You remember, we gave away backpacks full of stuff. And, and within a couple of years, every other church was doing a, a giveaway day. Do you remember? It's been a little while since, since we've done that. But, um, um, but that, that was also my story. I came here because Rob needed help. You know, I, we, were, we were in between things. We were kind of unhappy and, and didn't, weren't really looking to, to get back into another church right then. But God stirred my heart to come and help Rob because he had lost a lot of uh, his worship team. They graduated or they moved or whatever, and he needed help. And so I was stirred to come and, and help him. And, and um, I was stirred to help Life Resources. Before I worked for them, I volunteered for them for two years and, uh, because I wanted to help. I wanted to have an impact uh, in the lives of these young men and their families. I wanted, I wanted to sow into the lives. Part of my mer- personal mission statement is I will better the lives of people I will never meet. That's the first line. Because I want my impact to be generational. I want to create a legacy of, of, um, of changed lives. And I hope, I hope you guys do too. I mean, that's what we're doing here. Um, I... I was also, when Pastor Chris came, I was really stirred to help him. And, and I think we, we gave him everything we had for, for years, and, and he sowed into us, and we, we, um, we helped uh, all the time, as much as we could. And, um, and during this transition, uh, when Mount Hope came aboard, I was stirred up again. I had been sort of distant on purpose. I've told you guys this, that we had been sort of holding back. But I was stirred to help our next pastor. And I told Pastor Kevin that, that I would be, um, I, I was all in. I would be a great help to the next pastor of this church. <sighs> mm-hmm. But the upgrades just keep coming. Right, and this is what I want you guys to get because we see this in, in Mark's life. He went from just helping these guys carry stuff around to writing one of the four Gospels, one of the four accounts of the life of Jesus. Um, I came to help Rob, and it wasn't long. I got upgraded to being a worship pastor equal with him. Um, it, I, I volunteered at Life Resources, and they upgraded me to a staff position. I helped Pastor Chris just because I, just to help him, he upgraded me to being on staff here. And, um, and I was gung-ho to help the next pastor of this church and got upgraded to being the next pastor of this church. All right, so the upgrades, it, it's amazing what happens when you plant your life like a seed into somebody else's. And I'd encourage you, if you don't know what your calling is, if you've struggled with this, and I know that you have, because I'm not a worship I don't play guitar like David. I, don't, um, I can't preach in front of people. I'm not in the sound booth. I don't, I'm not a, I don't have a ministry. What's my calling? If you're not sure, here's the secret. Help someone else achieve their calling. Look around, see who does know what their calling is, and you pour your life into them. And you, you help them achieve theirs, and I promise you, that seed comes up and your dreams become a reality. That is a fact. Okay, that's my, that's, we could go home right now, all right, with you just knowing that, that if you're not sure what you're supposed to be doing, help someone who is sure, and I guarantee you, 
God does this thing, upgrades. It's in God's nature to help you. We believe that, right? Isaiah 41, 10 says, Don't be afraid, for I am with you. Don't be discouraged, for I am your God. I will strengthen you, and I will help you. I will hold you with my victorious right hand. It's God's nature to help. And so when you're stirred to help, that's God's nature inside of you. You know, when you are at the restaurant and you see a waitress and you just feel like, you know what, I, I'm going to give her more than 20%. I'm, I'm going to give her something because, I, you know, you're stirred to help. That's God's nature inside of you. You know, when you see kids that are in foster care, um, kids who need a home, and you're stirred to help, that's God's nature inside of you. All right, when you see a, a widow, and you, you, you get the point. When you're stirred to help, that's God's nature welling up on the inside of you. This week, I, I don't know why, but it popped into my mind this, this time when uh, I had decided to, like, I was going to do something manly, and I get the ladder out, and I climbed up on the roof and kicked the ladder over, like, just as it... And nobody's around. And I'm just like, you know... <laughs> nothing to do, right? I was stuck. Finally, I mean, I, I didn't have to scream very long before someone came and helped. But, uh, <laughs> but if you've ever felt stuck, just remember that. It's God's nature to help you. He wants to help you. He says, don't be afraid. I'm with you. All right? When you're navigating through something difficult, you feel stuck. He, he's right there. He wants to help. Okay? Uh, one of the themes I, I see in Mark is that the Lord stirs people's hearts to repent. Right, right off the bat, if, you, if you're in Mark chapter 1, verse 4, it says, John appeared baptizing the wilderness, in the wilderness and proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. And all the country of Judea and all Jerusalem were going out to him and were being baptized by him in the river Jordan, confessing their sins. So the Lord is stirring up these, these, the, the hearts of these people to repent. And to repent means to, to change your mind and it results in a change of direction, right? I'm, I'm doing this, I'm going this way, and this is wrong. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going this way. All right, that's what it means to repent. And we know from when we, we read this the first time that, that they estimate 300,000 people came to be baptized by John. Now, I don't, I mean, why would they do that? Because God stirred their hearts to repent. Okay, I don't know how to stir someone's heart to repent, but I do know that the Holy Spirit knows how to do that. And that's what I've been praying all morning. We ended up having a, uh, a couple of people give their hearts to the Lord and be baptized recently. And, um, and they both gave amazing testimonies of, um, of the change that had taken place inside of them. How does that happen? Because God stirs people's hearts to repent. He stirred the hearts of all the people of Judea, it says, and all the people of Jerusalem, and I believe he's still stirring the hearts of people in this hour, today. We also see the Lord stirs people who are eligible for an upgrade. Okay, now, because of the blood of Jesus, you're eligible for an upgrade. Because he died, was buried, and resurrected, you're eligible for a whole series of upgrades. You're eligible for John 1.16, one gracious blessing after another. 
you're eligible for not just life, but abundant life. I get emails all the time, though, that say, you're eligible for an upgrade, or here's an upgrade. Not everybody likes the upgrade. You know, how, ma how many of you have a parent or grandparent who they get the new phone, and after a couple of days, like, take it back. Just take it back. It doesn't look the same. It doesn't work the same. You know, take this dumb thing. I, seem, I can't remember. I seem to remember giving someone their first smartphone and they were using it to prop open the cookbook. It's like every recipe in the world is on there, Grandma. And that was the best thing. She's like, this thing's a paperweight. <laughs> it's like, no, every, every piece of information in the universe is right here. You're using it to prop open an 80-year-old cookbook. Uh, but, uh, yeah, when I get those emails, I, I, you know, I'm, I'm right on the delete key. But, uh, um, but that's what happened to uh, Simon and, and Andrew. You know, they were the first ones that... Um, in, in verse 16, it says, One day as Jesus was walking along the shore of the Sea of Galilee, he saw Simon and his brother Andrew throwing a net into the water, for they fished for a living. Jesus called out to them, Come follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. And they left their nets at once and followed him. All right, the Lord wants to interrupt your normal. This is something we, we found. He wants to interrupt your, your ordinary and give you something extraordinary. Right? He wants to interrupt your average and give you something above average. Like I said, not everyone likes the upgrade, though. I mean, remember the children of Israel? They were eligible for an upgrade called the promised land. You remember? Twelve guys went out. Ten of them came back and said, we don't want the upgrade. It's going to be too much work. Let's just skip it. But two guys said, no, we want the upgrade. Remember? We see this pattern of, of God interrupting people and upgrading them all through Scripture. Moses, he's out tending sheep, went from leading sheep to leading a nation. Elisha, from raising cattle to raising the dead. Saul was killing disciples, got upgraded to making disciples. So don't be surprised if God interrupts you in the middle of doing ordinary things. He has something extraordinary for you to do. God's interrupting our normal here at, at Hope Church because he has an upgrade for us. Everything normal, everything average, everything that's same old, same old. I mean, we have this amazing vision to, to see these four counties discipled and to reach the nations with the gospel. I mean, that's, a, that's huge. And we don't have much time. I mean, I'm, I'm so aware of it that even right now, someone's slipping into eternity. And right now, someone else dying in their sin. And we have the cure. We have the cure to the world's sin problem. And I, I feel this urgency. When there's that urgency, you, you can't just keep doing business as usual. That stops. All right, Simon and Andrew are doing their usual. They're fishing for people. When they get the opportunity to fish for people, what do they do? They leave. That work stops. They leave their dad with the hired men in the boat and, and they follow Jesus. He 
He's stirring people to action. He, remember the, one of my favorite stories we've read so far, the four guys that he, he stirred them to dig. Remember, they dug through the roof. Um, it was in chapter 2, verse 4. It says they couldn't bring their friend to Jesus because of the crowd. So they dug a hole through the roof of someone's house above his head. They lowered the man on his mat right in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, my child, your sins are forgiven. And he went on to say, take up your mat and walk. Now, why would anyone vandalize a home? Because they were stirred up in their hearts. They, they had to dig. It's urgent. They, they wanted to position their friend for a miracle. God's stirring my heart to take action with this church. And I mean, you guys, you guys know this. We just as, just as those four guys were willing to do whatever it took to position their friend for a miracle, I want to position Hope Church for the upgrade that God has for us. You got to be bold. I mean, they took bold action. We have to as well. We're, you guys know this. We're in a season of makeover. Um, we're in a. We're in a, se- a season of transformation, of, of putting things in place to be a great church, an effective church. Um, with your graciousness and support, we've been already been able to do some things. We, we remodeled the, um, the entryway. It looks amazing out there, and the coffee room looks, looks great. And there's more on the way, but um, it's, it's not about... Um, the biggest upgrade has nothing to do with the building. It doesn't have anything to do with paint or or um, making a few uh, aesthetic changes. It's, it's about what goes on inside the building, right? So we're looking at everything we do because we want everything to get an upgrade, right? From the way we greet people at the door to the way we serve in the community um, to how we make disciples, right? We want to upgrade everything. We want to love and serve our community in greater ways than we ever have. Um, I, I see us... Uh, you know, buying the diapers, you know, adopting schools or adopting classrooms. I would love for you guys to catch this. And just without my even knowing about it, you, you just go and love on your community. You, you just adopt a region or a, your job, your workplace, or you adopt a, Siobhan adopts, she's adopted Wesco, she's adopted Bigby, she's adopted these little groups of college kids and she's pouring love into these kids like nobody's business. And they respond to that. Um, that that's, how, that's what I see us doing. I mean, this, um, this is a church that's known for being loving and generous. Um, we have missionaries all over the world. You, many of you don't even know this, but we're sending all the time, sending out to the, to the poorest in the world, to the, the people who need Jesus the most, who've never heard about him. We're, we're always, long history of, of doing that stuff, of being generous in this community, giving things away, just loving on people. We're known as a church that hosts the presence of God, Right? But our mandate is huge. I mean, to reach four counties, I mean, that's, it's over 2,500 square miles. All right, I, I know because I checked. Uh, it's, it's over 125,000 people. Can you imagine being, being able to present to Jesus a completely... <sighs> 
I want to be a part of that, and I want you guys to be part of that. I want to do that. I want to be able to present a completely discipled region to the Lord. I know that change can be uncomfortable, like the new iPhone, you know. It's not going to be easy, but I, I want to make sure that as we go through this transformation that we make sure we keep the supernatural on the front page of our menu. That's what makes Hope Church different. Everybody, almost everybody, believes that God can do miracles. What separates us is we believe he still does miracles. We expect them. And why does that matter? Well, if you've ever needed a miracle, you know why that matters. God cares about the whole person, all right? And every week, we have an opportunity to partner with them in this, right? If there's any sick among you, give them a Tylenol. Is that what it says? If there's any sick among you, oh, well, no. If there's any sick among you, bring them to the elders of the church. They'll anoint them with oil. They'll pray the prayer of faith and they will be healed. That's right. Not maybe, they will be healed. I want to upgrade our, our, um, our focus on reaching young families. One of the things I love about our church is we have every age group of person. You know, we have from babies to Dell. <laughs> I can say that because I know he does not watch a live stream. I guarantee he's in church somewhere this morning, praising the Lord and uh, never going to stop. Um, but that's one of the beautiful, beautiful things about this church. We have every age group represented and um, just like a, like a real family. You know what I mean? And, that, and that's what we are. And so I want everybody gets a promotion. If you're older, and really that just, that could change by the day based on how you feel. Uh, but if you consider yourself to be older, you get a promotion to coach and teach the younger. Right? And if you're younger, you get a promotion to lead. I want to I wanna, I wanna upgrade and, and train up young people to take leadership, to move us into the, into the future. Everything gets an upgrade. Um, pretty soon we're going to be, um, because of our partnership with Mount Hope, they're working on a, a growth track, a four-week growth track that, that when someone comes in to the church, in four weeks it'll take them through like uh, membership and discipleship, and it will launch them into whatever it is God's wired them to do. Put them right into serving, right into... Um, to being a, a, a part of a, of a healthy body. It's exciting. I mean, because one of our other core values, we believe every member is a minister, right? I keep saying it over and over again. I want to drill that in. Every member is a minister. You all have something supernatural to do. God's wired you and created you in a certain way. Everyone, do me a favor, look at your hand. Look at your hands. Look at the lines. Maybe you haven't even noticed some of them before. 
your hand is completely unique, completely different. The only, I mean, most of us in here probably have five fingers. And so, it, I mean, you know, from a distance, it's just a hand. Everyone has a hand. But when you look close, you're absolutely unique. Your print, your fingertips, your lines are unique to you. I love that old saying, you were born an original. Don't die a copy. Ephesians 2.10 says, you're a masterpiece. You're a workmanship of God. You're a masterpiece in the making. You're an original. You're unique. A masterpiece that God has made to do some good things. Some good works that he planned for you a long time ago. That tells me that everyone has a work to do. Everyone gets to be part of what God's doing on the earth today. And as we move through this season of transition, I'm going to be asking you to join me in doing that work that God has, hired, has wired you to do, gifted you to do. Everybody gets to be part of what God is doing in these exciting days. All right? Let's pray. Ah, oh, Father, thank you for stirring the hearts of people in the earth today. Time is short. We feel the urgency. You've given us the cure to the, to the world's sin problem. Father, stir us up and, and give us the gifts we need to reach these people, to reach these counties. Macosta County, Lord, we claim it for you. Lake County, Lord, we claim it for you. Nuego County, Father, we claim it for you. Osceola County, we claim it for you. I pray that, that you would stir hearts up to, to repent, to be baptized, to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. I pray for anyone who hasn't received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that, you would, that they would ask you, they'd be stirred up to ask you right now for it, and that you would give it like your word says you will because I know every one of us is going to need all the power we can get, all the gifts that we can flow in and work in to do this massive thing that you've called us to do because Father, when that day comes and I stand before you, I want to be able to offer you these counties, these people, these souls, these lives changed. And we're all part of that. So, Father, I pray over this church as we move forward, you would put the blocks in place, put the, put the body parts where they go. Fit us together, Father, to be a, a perfect, whole, functioning body. Thank you for letting us be a part of what you're doing. Bless these people. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, that's going to do it for this week. I really hope that this message was a blessing to you. If it was, why not subscribe to the podcast on iTunes and leave us a review. It really does help. Thanks and have a blessed week.